Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the weekly Wednesday Great Spirit Relay Report. This is David Williams reporting from Greenbelt Park, Greenbelt National Park Campground. This is the last day of an eight-day period of time set aside for a Global Peace Council. <coughs> you had uh, I'd been here with my RV. <clears throat> and uh, had a smaller turnout than I organized for, but altogether uh, three other people have been in and out consulting and brainstorming, and I've been taking input uh, to this Global Peace Council online and communicating on chat groups and conference calls to come up with a draft of a Global Peace Plan <clears throat> which I finished before this show, and I'll go over here toward the end of it. Um, if I run out of time today, I'm going to uh, keep talking on a conference call that will be recorded and auto-transcribed, and I'm going to, in future, <clears throat> patch this uh, radio, re- this podcast recording over and have it transcribed as well as others that have been in the past. So to begin with, um, let's let's say tomorrow is November first, um, and this has been scheduled for some time uh, now, a month or so, at least. Uh, tomorrow, I'll go to the Capitol Mall and um, conduct uh, offer my prayer for. Uh, number one, executive clemency for Leonard Peltier there at 9 o'clock outside the Smithsonian National Indian Museum. And uh, I'll be walking there from 8 o'clock from the Congressional Cemetery, which this time this will be a repeat of the route that I took on October 20th. And uh, this time the cemetery will be open, so I'll park my RV down there very early and uh, have a chance to maybe visit uh, J. Edgar Hoover's grave and offer a prayer, uh, see what I find out there, see what, what kind of um, spirit moves, and then 8 o'clock walk to the uh, Capitol Mall there, and 9 o'clock offer my prayer for executive clemency for Leonard Peltier. I think the uh, Leonard Peltier Freedom Writers are coming in sometime um, tomorrow, probably to that area. And when I finish, then I'm going to go down to the a couple hundred yards up the mall, walk up there to the David's Tent GC facility, which I've mentioned before is a been there three years, night and day, singing songs, um, praising the Lord, praising God, praising Jesus. They're praying for America is what the sign says inside the tent, and uh, your website indicates their purpose is to pray for the leaders of the country to get on the right track and do a good job and more or less uh, do things that Jesus would be proud of. And so because of my experience uh, in 1994, 
helicopter is going to be working at the Unity Festival on August 27th with the Santa Barbara Peace Poll for Jerusalem, the first version, um, when we took it in this prophecy fulfillment gathering. Uh, our Global Peace Walk crew, Yamato, the initiator, and Felipe was there, uh, Felipe Chavez, and the, the Supai people and uh, Chief Phil Lane was there doing the August 28th closing ceremony. But uh, this was a three years built as a mutual prophecy fulfillment gathering. And then uh, on August 28th, for some reason, some Mayan calendar date was the focus. But uh, we moved in on uh, August 20th, and that turned out to be later the day that the white buffalo calf was born. In, in miracle and apparent fulfillment of the Lakota prophecy from 19 generations ago about a time of hope, sign of hope for these times. And then on August 27th, when we took the Global Peace Poll for Jerusalem, with that time just the Santa Barbara Peace Poll for Jerusalem, the Global Peace Poll concept hadn't evolved yet, but we took this blank log into the Jesus tent there, analogous to the David's tent you see, and um, had a, uh, as we did in each of the other camps in the Peace Poll procession, we explained the mission of the Santa, the Santa Barbara Peace Poll for Jerusalem to unite the three faces of Jerusalem in peace. And the four guys that were in charge of the tent were all happy about it, and sat down sitting on their heels, cradling the Peace Poll blank log, and uh, the MC of our little walk there procession tried to think of what to say and he he says you know I was raised a Christian and I think that Jesus was the original rebel and as he said that he pointed his finger to the sky and just as he did that the same instant he was moving his hand there was a huge clap of lightning and thunder everybody was awestruck couldn't talk for a minute the four Jesus guys had tears running down their face so I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to be able to bring the current model of the Peace Pole for Jerusalem, the prototype Global Peace Pole, tomorrow because I'll be going from here by myself, but I'll bring the Global Peace Baton with the same symbols on it. And I'm not sure. I don't expect lightning and thunder tomorrow, but something magical is going to happen at that uh, David's Tent, D.C. tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be there for a while before noon and then, offer a prayer in the name of Jesus at noon for the acceptance of the message of peace depicted by the six symbols on the Global Peace Pole and the Global Peace Baton and offer the Global Peace Plan and the draft uh, with consideration of all the input this week uh, is completed as of this morning and um, I posted that on the Great Spirit Relay Facebook page, all the information that I'm working on this since I left Santa Barbara is piled up on that page. So it's Great Spirit Relay all run together. So there you can see the current draft, which will probably stay the same for some time, maybe even through the United Nations. It's very simple. It has links to more information. And the event promotions around it will um, add more dimensions to it. So I'll be sending that a peace plan to the White House contacts I have today, tonight, and uh, 
if it seems a good idea tomorrow, I'll go afternoon to the wherever you turn in your paperwork at the, to deliver it to the White House and deliver a hard copy, which I'll print and have some with me tomorrow. So um, the reason, okay, so I'll go, go over the, the next plan for the Great Spirit Relay, which is, you know, came from Santa Barbara, went to Atlanta and did a whistle-stop tour, um, waved with, with, with me most of the way, walking around City Hall blocks asking for a proclamation of unity, harmony, and peace, which two of the mayors gave us, Petersburg and Tucson and then to the White House on August 30th. And then um, the, got the peace pole there at that time and did a prayer in the garden in Lafayette Park across from the White House, a nice news article written about it. Um, and then uh, that wasn't, but the president didn't come out. <laughs> so try again. That's that's what I'm doing here now. And uh and then tomorrow, after that's all over, I'll come back to the camp, stay another night, have my uh, my own David's tent set up here, to have a fire and a council or a meeting with whoever wants. Um, tomorrow, uh, yeah, tomorrow evening and the next day, and then break camp the morning of the third and head out towards New York. And um, that in New York will be the walk. Gathering at John Lennon Memorial, yeah, Imagine Memorial in Central Park at 11 o'clock, which will be local time, the 100th year anniversary of the signing of the armistice uh, that ended World War One. And so uh, whoever comes, or if I'm alone, it's okay. Uh, prayer ceremony there briefly, and then we'll walk to the United Nations. That's a Sunday, so they won't be open, but between now and then, I'll uh, reach out to them electronically and offer the prayer at the United Nations, and then um, that'll complete my extended summer vacation. <laughs> I'll be on my way back home to Santa Barbara, <laughs> but I have the intention of visiting the World Peace and Prayer Society up there in New York before uh, November 11th. They're the ones that make all the... Uh, peace pools that are popularized the May Peace Prevail on Earth slow uh, prayer on it. I also have the intention of visiting the Karmapa's seat, the monastery of Kempo Kartar Rinpoche there in Woodstock on account of Rinpoche was with us in the 1990, coincidentally was able to host a peace ceremony a meeting with the, the elder and Jake Swamp, the Mohawk chief, Pilula Kus, the Chumash elder, and Reverend Yamato discussing mutual prophecies. And uh, just when they were explaining, the the translator was explaining what Rinpoche said in English from his Tibetan about the Tibetan prophecy that goes something like, um, when the iron bird flies and horses run on wheels, the Dharma will flourish in the land of the red face. And we think that's what we see is happening now. As they were, he was saying that in English, there was an airplane, you can hear in the video, the airplane going over just like an exclamation point to that, which is on the Rainbow Uprising campaign video you can see on YouTube by that name. 
Rainbow Uprising campaign. It's a two-hour edit of a one week of events that took place in January of 1990 to initiate this Rainbow Uprising of Consciousness campaign. The idea being we can't solve, like Einstein said, we can't solve our current problems with our current level of thinking. We have to uplift, raise up our level of thinking to figure out the solutions to the problem of today. And that's the same principle that fired uh, that name at that time was the Palestinian Center for Nonviolence had came to Santa Barbara and uh, explained they were trying to, you know, promote Gandhi's principles of nonviolence with the Palestinian people to overcome their problems there, but they weren't having as much success as they wanted. They kind of moved the line and between violence and nonviolence and condone throwing rocks and that didn't sound good, but he, the key thing he explained was when you talk about the Palestinian uprising, the word uprising is in, in Arabic is intifada, and he said it has a deeper spiritual meaning in the Islamic faith, which is not the way it's thought of as a violent uprising, but it's a spiritual practice of self-purification by which you uprise your consciousness to a higher level from which you can see the solutions to the problems. Exactly what Einstein said. So that that's why the concept of the rainbow uprising of consciousness, that culminated that week with a five-year anniversary ceremony at the Tree of Peace at UCSB, where I started from on this journey when March 11th, the mayor read her proclamation of support in a ceremony conducted by a Mayan calendar keeper, Jose Munoz, supported by my local Chumash elder, Arsis Neros, and a few of the community leaders. And this, of course, the Tree of Peace represents the great law of peace. This is the main part that the United States founding father left out when they patterned in large part our system of government after the Iroquois Confederacy is they left out this concept of the great law of peace. So that's what we're trying to bring back. That's what the Longhouse Coalition is trying to bring back into American politics. And I, I, so I've gone over just the, the basics of the schedule, and I wanted to say that in the last few days, there's been an amazing kind of a wave, I have to call it a wave of oneness that's washed over here, washed over me, washed over our council in the learning about this, uh, I'll call it the oneness, global oneness movement. And um, so there's been a summit, a global oneness day summit on October 24th, same day we started our council here. And then that's to promote the idea of uh, celebrations of a day of global oneness. So I brought that in to the November 11th Armistice Day, encouraging people all over the world with others to have a global oneness day as well as respecting the, the veterans and the armistice, especially focusing on the armistice of 100 years ago with the hope that we can see that happen again. Global ceasefire, global armistice. <clears throat> and then there's a movement to have the 2019 declared as a year of global oneness. And so 
I talked to Yamato finally on the phone recently and got his input, um, and we're now working on uh, not only the Global Peace Forum for United Nations 75th anniversary in October 24th to 31st in the year 2020 in Santa Fe. With, we have the mayor's support and a lot of local support there. His intention is to bring the Pope and the Dalai Lama together for the first time um, in the Santa Fe in October 24th to 31st to 2020. And in preparation for that, the 26th annual Global Peace Walk that normally goes April 8th to April 22nd from Santa Fe to Taos will go from Taos to Santa Fe next year, 2019, uh, so this is an event now for the year uh, Global One this year. Because Yamata has always said since I met him that that's his main issue thing is the solution is everybody to have oneness mind to be at one. So this concept of oneness and oneness mind is clearly fundamental to his Zen teachings, and um, so. Then they'll be planting the tree of peace, just like the tree of peace in Santa Barbara. Uh, this will be in memory of Jake Swamp, who planted the tree of peace in Santa Barbara and many places on behalf of the Tree of Peace Society, <clears throat> kind of replicating contemporarily the original tree of peace that was planted when the Iroquois Confederacy was founded and under which the weapons of war were buried. That's where we get the expression, bury the hatchet. And... Um, so we'll be planting a tree of peace in at the Santa Fe Indian School on the uh, Earth Day next year, the 20, uh, 2019, and that's the 50th Earth Day. It's it's not the 50th anniversary. That's the next year, but because the first one was in year zero, then this is the 50th Earth Day next year, which will be the planting of the, the tree of peace. Um, inviting all the major names, spiritual leaders, political leaders. Yamato already has uh, arrangements with the local political people and the permission of the school who wants to do this. So that will be um, a major event um, in preparation for the Global Peace Forum in 2020. And... Uh, so that's just a little, that's the bit about the scheduling. Now I promised to go into um, more details about the Mayan calendar project. This is uh, actually the reason that I'm here is uh, because of uh, Jose Munoz. He's on Facebook as Jose Federico Munoz, and his website is Jose Ajpu Munoz. Jose, J-O-S-E-A-J-P-U, Munoz, M-U-N-O-Z, dot com. And he's uh, one of quite a number of sacred calendar keepers of the Mayan people. And um, they had they keep track of 23 different calendars every day. And this new one, the Six Sun Sacred Calendar, is the one that started the 26,000-year cycle from December 21st, 2012, uh, 2012, December 21st, ended the last calendar cycle, Mayan calendar cycle, 
That calendar had 20 archetype symbols on it. This new one has 25 archetype symbols on it for the next 26,000 years. And he's um, creating these calendar dream catchers, he calls them. <clears throat> Actually, he, he calls them the Six Sun Sacred Calendar Dream Catcher Humanoid Reset Manifestation Station. And then this strange wording is because the, he and the Maya look at us human beings as vessels for a cosmic being that lives inside of us. And this cosmic being has a an astrological, astronomical, astrological identity correlating to this calendar. And uh, he does readings for people to explain this. I haven't, I haven't had him do that. I had somebody else explain a little bit to me that seemed to fit. Um, said my life was going to be full of coincidences, and it certainly has. But um, so the reason I I came on this great, revived the Great Spirit Relay Project from 1986 for this purpose and left <clears throat> left home where I could be, you know, watching TV with my wife and playing with our little granddaughter who's just almost walking. And instead of uh, doing this rigorous adventure to try to bring the message of peace to our president and out to the public, and then now expanded it on to the United Nations, is because of two things. Three and a half years ago, when I first met Jose in Santa Barbara, the Antioch University with the uh, Peruvian elder, the I think it's Quito tribe, um, they had a presentation, and on the table was uh, these scrolls, looked like rubbings, the Xerox copies of a rubbing of a carvings or something, you know, it was Mayan-style carvings. <clears throat> and um, he said, this is the scroll of the Jade Princess. And uh, I'll tell a little more detail as I've learned at the time, but since that time, but uh, he said that the Jade Princess delivered a message in the year 1444, and since then I've learned the date is June 21st, 1444, and the only part of the message on this eight-foot-long double row of zero, color Xeroxes of what looked like this rubbing, the only part of the message he relayed to us, and he said this is the first time they're revealing it to the public, and the reason they're doing that is because this crystal skull that he had there, had, which you could see a spot of red inside of it that had appeared, he says a spot of blood appeared inside the crystal skull, and the elders told him that, this is the time to deliver the Jade Princess scroll message. Well, the astonishing part of it was he said the message that she delivered in 1444 came back in time from the year 2029, and the key part of the message is that we have world peace starting in the year 2021. So that kind of knocked my socks off for a while, trying to come to grips with that that was real or fantasy or, you know, what was behind it and getting to know a little more about Jose and over the months and years since then, having spent a good deal of time with him in ceremony and talking to him and feeling his heart and believing the truth of what he's saying, even if I don't understand it. So 
Then the next thing was in February of 2016, he looked at the birth dates of the different three candidates for president, and he's, he, based on Donald Trump's birthday, he predicted from the calendar reading that he would win the election and his cosmic being personality inside the the meat puppets that we all are with these beings inside, has, that uh, Donald Trump has what it takes to unite the nation in harmony. So a lot of people didn't agree with that. We don't shoot the messenger. This is just what it says. So this year, in February, I put those two and two things together and figured, well, you know, if there's going to be world peace in 2021 and President and Donald Trump's president now and going to be for a while, you're going to have to have something to do with it. So I'll try to invite him to Santa Barbara and go to the Tree of Peace so he gets the message of the Great Wall of Peace. Well, nobody wanted to help. So I decided to bring it with the Global Peace Pool that we empowered with three new symbols on what was the Rainbow Uprising Peace Pool. And our mayor put the symbol for the three face of Jerusalem united in peace in that on that ceremony on March 11th. And, uh, and then I took it... Uh, did a whole week of uh, more than a week, a month of events preparatory, and then left in May, and then here I am. So, uh, the on the way to 2021 to global peace, um, Jose has started this February building these six sun sacred calendar dream catcher structures. So it's basically 20 posts in a I think it's a 33-foot circle. I'm not, I don't remember offhand, but it's a big circle with 20 posts, and then between them are strung each of the symbols of banner of these calendars, uh, archetypes. And then there's five posts in the middle with, that are in, between, in which are strung the five new symbols. One of those new symbols is what he gave us to put on the peaceful, the sixth symbol called Peace, Love, and Patience. It has a Mayan name, but that's what it stands for. And uh, in the first, so he's, his, his assignment that he's carried down since instructions from 1444 passed down to him is to build a hundred of these dreamcatcher calendar structures around the world between now and December 21st, in the year 2021, when he's already scheduled a ceremony to mark the beginning of world peace according to his teachings. So the first one of these Dreamcatcher structures was built in Santa Barbara at the Lucidity Festival in April. And he, he Jose was at the Spiritual Unity Summit uh, two years ago. We had in um, Flagstaff uh, with the Hopi uh, Coyote Clan spokesman, Messenger Omal, um, who we met there and who pointed us to the land. And uh, Jose came with some of his team on the 28th of August, the last day of the annual 20th to 28th of August, um, what I've been promoting is the White Buffalo Prophecy Fulfillment Recognition Days every year on account of that 1994 event, uh, series of events, that gathering. And Jose came the last day on the 28th in 2016 and uh, conducted a nice ceremony with us all there. And um, then he saw at that time the structure that I have des- developed. It's just sort of 
came out, you know, in 1983, combination of tetrahedrons um, in, a, in a hexagon, and it, tur- it makes a shape that team triangles on it, and two stories and the weight-bearing loft, and um, I can't describe it too well in words, but uh, you can see pictures of it on the Great Spirit Relay Facebook page. But he saw this in a straw model, and I also had a, a 7.5-foot 2 by 3 model set up, and um, took pictures of it, and it struck him somehow. And I have to say, when I met Jose, uh, he, the first meeting, he seemed to recognize something about my about me that I don't recognize, about my cosmic identity, let's say. And he's the only one that I ever uh, mentioned the idea of, as far as all of us together, like we're all one human family. And then I, I said in the first meeting, I said, well, we're all human beings, right? And then he took a moment to answer. <laughs> so, so his view is that we're more than that, you know, I guess. So anyway, um, the... Uh, the first one was built in Santa Barbara, the next one in Standing Rock, Medicine Wheel Living Park, and the third one in South Lake Tahoe. And now they're building one in Los Angeles. And um, this this structure, the what he calls a metatron structure, that uh, is this, I call it the six-unit module. Of the, my, I'm a scientist, right? My chemical physics theory of consciousness equations that I developed from 1974 to 1977, which I believe fulfills Einstein's vision of a a simple set of equations that describes the operation of this inviolably sovereign cosmic law by which everything operates without fail all the time, 100%. And this is the same kind of natural law, law of nature, I believe, that Thomas Banyaka, the Hopi interpreter, talked about in those terms. I believe it's the same principle behind what the Great Law of Peace is about. The Myoho and the Namo Myoho Rengeke was about the wonderful law, the law that uh, behind the teaching of the Torah, the law that even God has to follow in the world, that nothing can contradict, everything happens in accord with this law. The same principle I as a scientist see and someone who embraced Islam at my age 18, I'm 73 now, under the tutelage of a very amazing friend who went on to teach the Quran and uh, at my university that the fundamental teaching of Islam is surrender to peace. That's what the name means. And uh, and that the, the other fundamental, what's different than the other two faiths of Jerusalem, is that in Islam, the concept of God is that Nothing can ha- nothing happens in the world except that it happens in accord with the will of God. Tree leaf falls. Anything that happens, it happens by definition in accord with the will of God. So this, to me, is the same exact principle as this inviolably sovereign law. I'm looking at this as a scientist. I mean, I'm a religious, spiritual practitioner because I I I, I focus my mind that way. Uh, to try to help towards global peace, which has been my mission since 1974 when I 
my 29th birthday when I first shaved my head and face and said I'm going to let it grow till there's peace on earth is my life commitment to seeing the manifestation of peace and actually paradise on earth to fix all the problems and make everything great. So let's see, now 32 minutes. Um, so this, um, according to my tetron theory equations and the, the tetron is the name of the human mind's consciousness orientation function of light. So it's because light, the C in E equals MC squared, which defines the nature of light. They say it's a constant speed, non-additive, but in reality it's more than that. It's a constant velocity oriented relative to the identity of the observer. Light is the only thing that doesn't follow the principle of additivity like if you're driving 60 miles an hour and somebody passes you at 80 that looks like they're going 20. That principle of additivity doesn't work with light. No matter who it is, where, whatever velocity somebody's traveling relative to another, the burst of light is it's the same speed. So that means that all of matter and energy is related to the individual through this principle, this property of light that C is the only physical measurement parameter that's not pegged to the notion of an external objective reality reference frame. It's pegged to the identity observer. So the nature of light defi uh, defines defines and determines that each person why each person scientifically is the center of their own universe, the, the like the egocentric nature of the universe is a normal thing. Everything is related to each individual. We don't worry about north, south, east, and west. If an arrow's coming at us, we worry about left, right, up, and down, backwards and forwards. You know, relative to us. <coughs> so anyway. Since 1974, when I completed these equations and got this understanding from a scientific perspective about the, the oneness principle, the absolute identity of observer and observed, and how the human mind's consciousness orientation function of light splits out that oneness into the reality that we observe, that we each observe, and how we interact with it, then I became more and more fixated on this tetrahedron shape. And uh, then when I got into the Peace Walks, I thought, well, maybe you can make a meditation tent like this shape for the Peace Walkers, and they can have, a, have that advantage as, as they're going on the Peace Walk. And then I thought, well, what if there's a way you can put them together in a circle and make a bigger unit? And then that, finally that came to pass, figured that out in 1983, Christmas time. And it took me a long time to figure out how to cover it, and it turns out a big rectangle of material covers it perfectly. No sewing or anything, even though it's strange angles. Um, same thing with the tetrahedron, a rectangle of material the right dimensions covers it perfectly with no sewing, with no triangular pieces, you know. So this human hive experiment it's become to try out and see my hunch is that, that this will advance human capabilities just to spend time in this kind of like the ants have the ant hive the bees have the beehive 
and uh, so many human beings, so many problems, maybe we either forgot or haven't figured out the human hive to tune us into our cooperative instinct that enables us to get along like the bees and the ants do in their colonies kind of thing. So analogously, that's that's this human hive experiment. But the, the strangeness about this, what Jose calls the Metatron shape, is um, and Omar picked it up, the straw model, and put it on his head because it fit like a crown two years ago. And uh, it, it does kind of look like a, a strange-looking crown. And um, I think of it as the the shape that represents the uh, well, the Temple of David. If there's a if there's a well, I, I just I I can't really. I mean, okay, there's only so much I can see. You know, it's 37. Okay, so I've gone into a little bit more about the the Dreamcatcher construction and a little bit more about what's behind this Metatron shape. He, uh, Jose has the one that was built for the Lucidity Festival. He wasn't able to put it inside the one in Standing Rock or Lake Tahoe, but uh, I assume it will go up in the one in Los Angeles uh, in the second week in December, which I'll plan to be back there to participate. Um, but it has its own... Um, purpose as well, in addition to being the um, energizing this calendar system. In fact, I talked to Wei about putting, making string of those calendar symbols that would fit on this tent. So enough of that. Let me get on to um, uh, let's see. Covered those things. Okay, so I want to now talk a little bit about the Global Peace Plan. This uh, is posted, will be the hovering top post at the Great Spirit Relay site, Facebook page. And um, it may be updated, maybe expanded, but it's designed to be simplified and, you know, talking piece. <clears throat> so... I'm just going to read it into the record. Great Spirit Relay Global Peace Plan, a work in progress offered to the public, to the President of the United States November 1st, and to the United Nations November 11th, draft of October 31st, 2018, 23 p.m., Eastern Daylight Time. Embrace the message of peace depicted by the six symbols on the Global Peace Poll. Then there's the link. And a lot of these links relate to the website called globalemergencyalertresponse.net. The words are hyphenated, globalemergencyalertresponse.net. And this one is slash capital G, capital P, capital P, GPP, and then small letter symbols.html. That's where the detailed explanation of the meaning of the six symbols in the Global Peace Poll, the message of peace that it stands for. And then... It says, embrace and join in personal and organizational support of a global proclamation for a season of unity, harmony, and peace as per examples of the mayors of Tucson, Arizona, and Petersburg, Virginia. And then it has the web 
page addresses for both of those with the same globalemergencyalertresponse.net and slash capital T for Tucson, capital P for PROC, P-R-O-C, tucsonproc.jpeg. And then the only one is letter in the beginning, Petersburg, B-U-R-G, petersburg.jpeg. That'll get you those mayor's proclamations that you can see what the, what the wording in that is. The most, and then it goes, the, the peace plan goes, the most, single, the, the most important single thing the President of the United States can do for the success of the global peace movement is to free Leonard Peltier by offering executive clemency as soon as possible, ideally before November 11th, 2018, to gain the admiration and respect of many millions of voters and people of conscience around the world. And then the website is whoisleonardpeltier.info. And then the next item is embrace the truth as a real thing and not something that becomes truth just because people believe it to be true. Maybe I'll talk about that more after I finish reading this. Just as President Trump has repeatedly stated his willingness to sign a bill from Congress, he is awaiting to remove federal regulations on medical cannabis to enable each state to regulate it as they see fit so also would his similar statement of support better enable Congress to pass a bill in its next session for his signature on the Nuclear Disarmament and Economic Conversion Act with its commitment for the United States to eliminate its nuclear weapons once all other countries also agree to do so on a verifiable time frame to be set up when that future agreement of all nuclear nations is signed with the money spent on nuclear weapons to be redirected to converting the nuclear industries to peaceful purposes to preserve jobs and profits, including the development of carbon-free, non-nuclear advanced energy technologies. And then the website is propnumeral1.org. That's where all the details about this Proposition 1 for Global Nuclear Disarmament and Economic Conversion prop1.org. And it goes, as the above actions, what I've written above, as they're implemented, as the above actions ameliorate the need to classify as secret and prohibit from civilian application the thousands of advanced technologies now accessible for military purposes only, Institute a new Manhattan Project Global Environmental Emergency, quote, crash program, unquote, to develop for civilian use to revive the American manufacturing industry, those presently suppressed advanced technologies to replace nuclear and fossil fuel power, to neutralize radioactive pollutions and wastes, and to provide abundant clean water wherever needed. And then the website for more information on that is Santa Barbara Science Center info with those words hyphenated Santa Barbara Science Center info. That's one of my web pages, and that's my special field of interest and focus in applying my understanding of the chemical physics of consciousness. Uh, this represents a hundred hundreds of scientists, and there's links to all to back up everything that says on that site. Okay, then the next one is, since many obstacles to personal peace of mind relate to health issues, 
exacerbated by the current allopathic medical monopoly, institute a national and global nutritional education program and make widely available the, quote, tumate sources of the 60 minerals and trace minerals all vertebrates vertebrates require for optimum disease-free longevity. And then the website for information on that is the same, globalemergencyalertresponse.net, hyphenated, and then capital A, capital N, capital R, stands for American Medical Revolution, AMR.html. And the next part goes, embrace the intent of the Longhouse Coalition, spiritual political platform, integrate the great law of peace into the laws of the land, comma, the most important feature of the Europe Confederacy omitted by the U.S. Founding Fathers in patterning the U.S. Republican democracy in large part after the Iroquois system. And then the reference website is longhousecoalition.org. And then the proclamation from my mayor, she read on, on the March 11th at our ceremony, also references this, this information. And that's at the Global Emergency Alert Response.net site, slash numeral 311, capital SB, capital M for mayor. So it's SB, and then mayor, only M is capitalized, and then capital P for PROC, P R O C. So 311, capital S, capital B, capital M, mayor, mayor, and then capital P R O C dot APG. That will get you to the My Santa Barbara Mayor's Proclamation that I carry on this journey and already delivered, uh, sent to the White House before August 30th. Next part goes, support the mission of the Santa Barbara Global Peace Poll for Jerusalem and its message of peace, three faiths of Jerusalem in harmony, to finally resolve the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And then the website for that is the same, globalemergencyalertresponse.net slash all small letters Jerusalem numeral one dot html and then the next reference is godspeaceplan.org and then there you'll find a, an authoritative analysis of the various teachings and prophecies from the scriptures of the three face of Jerusalem carefully analyzed and interpreted contemporarily to show how the prophecies of doom and gloom don't have to come to pass if you look at it, that they all came from the same source. They all came from the same oneness. And looking at it that way, there's an interpretation, a mutual interpretation of these teachings that lays out what should be done to settle the Israeli-Palestinian conflict in terms of land use and all that. And it's all outlined pragmatically at this godspeaceplan.org site. And that would be, that's part of what we're asking people to start thinking about and talking about as well as the main thing is accepting the message of peace depicted by the six symbols on the Santa Barbara Peace Bowl for Jerusalem. Okay, then it goes, support creation of a global hemp economy by regulating this most useful plant in human history like any other vegetable. And then the website reference for that is jackherrer.com. Jack, J-A-C-K-H-E-R-E-R.com. And you look there at the top of the site and you find something that's sort of like Jack's book or Emperor Wears No Clothes or something like that. And 
all of his explanation of the historical use of cannabis hemp for so many centuries until the crazy outlawing demonization of it in the 1930s to protect the industrial monopolies of the fossil fuel, paper, fiber, and even the petroleum and the petroleum industry and the pharmaceutical drug industry monopolies are all, that's the only reason it's, it's treated the way it is because it threatens these monopolies. But anyway, that's all there. And then support creation of an online, last item here, support creation of an online cybernetics program. And it's spelled different. So cybernetics, spelled C-Y-B-E-R-N-E-T-I-C-S. It's from the Greek kybernetes. And it means the helmsman. So cybernetics is the systems process that of goal accomplishment. So it has to do with you head towards a goal, you see there's an error, you correct your course, and the, you get feedback on the course correction as a whole. You can look up cybernetics. <clears throat> Very well-known process, uh, engineering, scientific process. But with the PSI in the front, well, cybernetics sounds the same. That in, includes the goal-accomplishing process of sci- the normal spelling with the understanding of the human mind that's what the PSI, PSI stands for, that's consequent to this uh, Tetron Natural Unified Field Theory equations of mine. So it says, creation of an online cybernetics program called TORAHK, E-O-R-A-H-K, interfaced with Facebook to help individuals achieve their personal goals while overall guiding us to our certain future of peace, harmony, and abundance for all on a purified and healthy, clean planet as promised by so many indigenous and religious prophecy and life plan interpretations. And then the website for more reference on that is the same, globalemergencyalertresponse.net slash small letters, T-O-R-A-H-K dot H-T-M-L. Yeah, so that's the end of the, this short global peace plan and um, references the Great Spirit Relay all run together Facebook page. Now I have <clears throat> 10 minutes left on this podcast. So I think what I'm going to do <clears throat> is relay some history that I never much talk about, and it's on my website, and um, I think very few people read it. But if you go to that same globalemergencyalertresponse.net, those words hyphenated, and then slash small letters history.html, you'll find my background, uh, kind of life story, so to speak, through 1979 or so, because those years, and especially 73 to 79, set the course of my life with all kinds of, I don't know what to call them, spiritual experiences, odd experiences, strange experiences, starting with the perception, the clairaudient perception of the sound of Torah on June 23rd in 1973. And um, I was driving, uh, I was meditating on, you know, gee whiz, I wonder if we, if human beings have destroyed the planet in the future and there's, it's all messed up, 
or if we've figured something out, then the only other course is we have to have turned things around and in the future is a wonderful future. And um, maybe in that future, we will have mastered time. And uh, I was meditating on that. And then um, all of a sudden I'm driving and then it's like a switch was turned in my head where, you know how you can daydream while you're driving along, think about whatever you want. Well, for a period of good long three, four, five minutes, it was like a switch was turned on my off in my head. I couldn't daydream about anything. All I could perceive, it was so loud, I call it clairaudient, because it was as though I was hearing the sound from loudspeakers, but I knew it wasn't in my, from my ears. But it was just the sound over and over, torak, torak, torak. A human kind of voice, but I didn't, and then it stopped. You know, like a switch went off and I could think about whatever I want. So that, like, pretty much freaked me out. But uh, I interpreted it at the time as um, the name of a computer program from the future that was broadcasting a signal back through time that people could tune into. Maybe I was the first one or just one to tune into it. And the purpose of the signal is to help guide people now to do the things needed to bring about this future of paradise on earth. So that was my impression at the time. And then a couple of years later, well, three years later, in December, in May of 1976, I'm skipping over some stuff that you can read at that flash history.html page. But on May 5th, 1976, bicentennial year, and it happened to be a coincidence of Israeli Independence Day and Mexican Independence Day, the same May 5th, 1976. And I was doing my meditation out on the log. And uh, after a special morning uh, session <laughs> with these Christ family people <laughs> who were there ministering about Jesus to everybody and quoting the Bible and so forth. I had a communion with them in the morning and in the afternoon, went to my meditation log, and as I'd been practicing to voice the sound of Torah to try to figure out what it meant, I didn't know anything about mantras or anything at the time, but I guess that's what I was doing is putting to voice this sound. And when I did that on that date, uh, for some reason unknown to me, an extra syllable came out, Torakum. And I go, what's that? And then uh, a few days later, a friend of Carolyn, my now wife, then uh, partner we hooked up, she her friend came uh, to to visit, and she was a uh, well, she she spoke fluently uh, Spanish and Hebrew. And so I was that walking around pronouncing the sound of Torah to see if I could figure out what that meant. And she said, well, what does that mean? And I told her, well, I don't know what it means in any language on earth. And then I got the inspiration, well, maybe you know what it means. She said, well, in Hebrew, it means the law stands up. So that kind of blew me away. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I... Uh, 
it's kind of like, you know, giving rise to the law, this inviolably sovereign law, which is the same, well, anyway, then I'll go over all the strange things that happened that year in the Hopi land and the cosmic coincidences of the two double rainbows in one day and the Comanche Kachina dance where the where the last hope Kachinas, the morning Kachinas appeared for the first time in nobody's memory and just at the moment when, when I was there and when the lightning happened at the instant that I touched the handle going into the Mennonite church that Sunday, uh, a lot of strange coincidences going on that kind of, well, I'm over being freaked out by them, but I don't know what to do with them. And um, all I can say is, uh, well, I don't know what to say. There's more I'd like to say, but it's, it's, it's particularly not time for it. Um, okay, so let's see how to finish up the last three minutes here. Um, um, about, I've talked a lot about the Longhouse Coalition on other shows, other recordings. So I'll spend a couple of minutes talking about this health thing and the humate thing. Okay, this this is attributed to, and you can look them up on the internet, Dr. Joel Wallach, W-A-L-L-A-C-H. He has a daily radio show. He's a veterinarian as well as a, a naturopathic physician. He spent uh, quite a number of years under a grant at the National Institute for Health Center for Disease Control as a veterinarian trying to figure out why zoo animals were dying prematurely, and he did 20,000 autopsies on 454 species of animals, millions of lab studies, brilliant guy, and he figured out that every one of these beings died from a a nutritional deficiency disease of one kind or another, and he isolated 60 different minerals that all vertebrates need for optimum health and are not in our food. He wrote a book about this. It's in the Smithsonian, but he couldn't get the medical authorities to take, take it in in order to help the humans. So in frustration, he became a naturopathic doctor so he could prescribe these vitamins and minerals supplements to his patients and been very successful over decades in curing all kinds of diseases, you know, Alzheimer's, cerebral palsy, uh, you name it. We should Humans should live to 120 years of age, disease-free, according to him, if we get all these minerals that we don't get in our food and vitamins and so forth. So um, you can check him out on the Internet, Dr. Joel Wallach. His website is drjwallach.com. I'm running out of time, so I will say goodbye. And uh, this is David Williams signing off from the Global Peace Council, final day report, Greenbelt National Park, Maryland, on the way tomorrow downtown Washington, D.C. So I'd like to close by saying Namum Yohu Ringe Kyo Torakum Torakum Torak